So, we're going to continue on in our series called Go Eat Popcorn. Uh, we've been into it quite a while now. It's got that funny name. So, you would remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And those are the four letters that we've been looking at in this series that Paul wrote to the church, churches, four of them. And they're filled with these amazing foundational truths that we need to hold on to and understand in order to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus came for us to have. And so we looked at um, Galatians together, and I, I said, you know, the big thing I wanted you to see in Galatians is that what we're to do is we're to live in, the response, uh, in response to the love of God for us, not trying to live in a way to get God to respond to us. And that's significant on this journey. In Ephesians, the big thing was our identity in Christ, and how important for us to know that, particularly that um, we're the church. And that, uh, when I say that, I mean, so individually you're the church and corporately you're the church. So right now we're the church gathered corporately, but when you leave here in a little while, um, you're still the church. You're just the church on mission. And the thing to get out of that is, is that church isn't something you do. Church is something that you are. Uh, and it's 24-7. And that really impacts the way that we live. And then we looked at Philippians together. And I said there that you need to look at how Philippians is about changing our attitude, our perspective, the way we think, thinking more like Jesus on this journey. And today we're going to begin uh, our little you know, time in the book of Colossians uh, over the next few weeks. And sort of the theme there is it's about living out the gospel. How do we really live this thing out? And Paul gives us some great advice in doing just that. So that's the intro transition here. Um, some bad Mother's Day jokes. These were quite bad, but I've enjoyed them. Larry's mother had four children. Three were named North, South, and West. What was her other child's name? Somebody got it. Larry. Good. Lots of people have been going with East, but you need to listen to that, Joe. Larry's mom. Good for you. Okay, here's another one. So, the daughter says to her mom, she says, Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? And the mom says, I don't know, dear. You'd have to ask Grandma. <laughs> I know people are going to use that one today. Two children told their mother to stay in bed one Mother's Day morning. And as she lay there looking forward to breakfast in bed, the smell of bacon floated up from the kitchen. But after a good long wait, she finally went downstairs to investigate. She found them both sitting at the table eating bacon and eggs. As a surprise for Mother's Day, one explained, we decided to cook our own breakfast. <laughs> All righty, scripture reading here on purpose. We're going to in Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So out of that passage today, I want to sort of talk about four things with you. 
in the short time that we have, let's hop right in. First thing I want to talk about is the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Paul said this in verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. The Apostle Paul puts a high priority on prayer. And, and Paul knows that it's really, that, that prayer is the catalyst for our spiritual development and growth. And so when you read through these, um, these epistles, you'll see that Paul will stop in the middle of a thought and begin to pray. And, and so it's foundational to everything that he does. And we need to understand that's what prayer is. It's foundational to everything we do. And, and it needs to be a priority in our lives. I think that we have a tendency to allow prayer to sort of slip out of the value that, that it should have, the place in our lives that it should have, and kind of get moved down into something that maybe we get to hopefully before a meal, but maybe we, we don't get there. And all of a sudden we're, we're not engaged the way that we need to be. And, and you need to know that, that prayer is vital to your life as a believer. It needs to take that place in your life where um, you need to find sort of your own rhythm for prayer, uh, and it might change throughout the course of your life. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an early morning prayer now um, at this stage in my life. There were times when I would pray very late at night because that's when I had some time, but now it's very early in the morning. I know that's not for everybody, but that's my rhythm where I, I feel connected. And then throughout the day I try and connect. But, but you need to embrace that and, and you need to be um, a person of prayer. We need to be a group of people that are praying people. Uh, and, and so... One of the reasons it's so difficult sometimes to maintain that prayer life is that the enemy doesn't want you to pray. And so he will bring all sorts of distractions your way. He will sort of, you know, try and get that time so it doesn't happen for you because the last thing he wants is you praying. And so sometimes even as a, as a great motivator for prayer, I think to myself, you know, the enemy hates it when I pray. And so I'm going to dig in and, and pray even harder. So we need, to, we need to pray. I want to encourage you to, to carve out time in your life and throughout the day connect because it really is the foundation to everything. Some years ago, the year actually was 1995. That's some years ago now. <sighs> Back in the old days. Was, so, you know, I was helping out with worship today. And so most of you haven't been here that long where you remember that, that that was something I used to do all the time. I was always up on the platform. And things have changed um, radically over time. Technology's changed. Musicians are, are better uh, than I was by far. I've always had great musicians. But so when you're up there now, so I probably shouldn't give all the trade secrets, but you've got stuff in your ears now that we never used to have. And it's feeding you the, the click. And there's some other stuff going on musically and it's happening all in your ears. And so you're singing over that. But, you know, I, and I was actually thinking of there, well, we didn't do it like this back in the old days. <laughs> back in the old days, the tempo would change depending on the drummer and all sorts of other things. Anyway, things changed. But 1995, to get back on the story here, I, um, I went on a trip to Cuba. And I'd been trying to go into Cuba for several years. I'd felt really called to be in Cuba and do some things. And... And uh, finally the doors opened. It was very hard to get back into Cuba back then. The, the Russians had just left or, and were leaving in that time that I wanted to go. And so it was a very difficult process. And finally the door opened so I could go in. And I went with another pastor friend and then a, another pastor, but uh, more my mentor uh, in the vineyard. And he was the international coordinator of the vineyard. And we're going to go. The three of us are going in to start, you know, whatever it is that God would have us do there into Cuba. So... The other pastor and I are both sort of type A personalities. 
which means we like to plan and have things happening and keep things going. I said to the last group, I think I'm better now, and my family disagreed, like right in front of everybody. So I'm not going to say that again. But, uh, um, but because Bob Fulton was going and he was the international director, we just yielded to him, figured he'd have the plan because he's the guy, right? And so we, we head over to Cuba and we, we finally arrive and we get in late at night and uh, it's very strange there and just remember that first time in it was dark and there was a lot of people with guns around. It was strange. Uh, and we got to our hotel and we were tired so, you know, we just decided, well, let's we'll, we'll get in our rooms and we'll, we'll sleep for the evening and then we'll figure this out in the morning. And so we got together in the morning, we had breakfast and I looked to Bob and I said, well, what's the plan for the day? We're finally here. We finally made it. What's the plan? And uh, Bob Fulton said, yeah, I don't have one. I was like, really? You don't have a plan? Did, did you not? We just figured automatically you'd have the plan. He goes, no, the only thing I can think of is we should go over on that couch over there and we're going to pray. And so that's what we did. And that was for a type A person. That was completely strange to me. And uh, so we went and we sat and we prayed. And we, we prayed for, for quite a while. And then things started to happen. I can't even, it was so miraculous, the events that started to take place on that very first trip because that's how we engaged in the process. Uh, and all of a sudden, like, we, connections would happen and we, we would be driving and we would know to go to certain places where we shouldn't have known to go and there'd be people there that we needed to meet and they would introduce us to other people and this whole thing was happening all day. It was so wild. And at the end of that day, we ended up in this little church out in the middle of nowhere. And Bob Fulton, the one thing that he kept saying to us when we left is that uh, we need to find this guy named Luis. Now, Cuba is a really big island, and there's a lot of people named Luis there. But Bob had met this guy six years previous, uh, on a, and when that guy was traveling through California or something, and he goes, hey, that guy's significant in what we're going to do. Like, no last name, didn't remember it. I can't remember his last name. So really, we're, the plan is to find a guy named Luis. Yes. So we said, okay. So that first night, all those things that happened, we end up in this church out in the middle of nowhere. Halfway through that church service, guess who walks in? Luis. And it wasn't his church, it's not where he lived, it was none of those things. And when Bob Fulton said, oh, the guy is here, Luis, I said, get out of here, you're just making that up. No, it was him. And, and he was significant in what we were going to do there over the next 10 years in, in helping all those things happen. And for the next 10 years when we went in um, and we planted over 20 churches in that time period, but it all, I can trace it all back to that, that time and just saying, okay, God, show us how we're supposed to do this and we'll do it your way. And from that time on, um, you know, I, I get how important prayer is and, and, and why it needs to be such a priority in our life. And, and you're talking to a person who wants to just go ahead and start doing things all the time, but the reality is that it's the importance of prayer is vital to this life that we're going to live. So I want to encourage you to, to really sort of be people of prayer. And if you're not praying, start and connect and ask God to help you on that journey. So the second thing we see is that the point is this is that the knowledge of his will is in that verse the knowledge of his will let me read it to you for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives your translation may say with all uh, spiritual wisdom and understanding the, the point is it's about listening and yielding to the Holy Spirit in the process and I want to talk about that but a, a word first is the word fill that's there filled really important that you sort of pick up on that 
because Paul actually uses that word nine times in this tiny little letter to the Colossians. And the, the purpose behind that is Paul knows we're going to be filled with something and he wants us filled with the right things. And he, so he's making the point, be filled with the right things, the things of the kingdom, the, the things of God, the things that matter. And we, we get bombarded with all sorts of other stuff in this day and age. It's just constant. Uh, and, and if we're not careful, we'll let ourselves be filled with that mess instead of being filled with the things of God in our lives, which are the things that really matter. And then he talks about this idea of uh, the knowledge of his will. And, and I broke it out that way because we need to talk about it because the, the point that he's really getting at is in spiritual wisdom and understanding, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, in, in the, the wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit. See, the, the knowledge of his will, believe it or not, is kind of a given in the way he writes it. Um, we often think that that's what we need. If I could just know what God's will was for my life. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought that? If I could just know what the will of God for my life was. Well, the, the reality is that the, the will of God for you is pretty much in the book. Uh, it's the, the revealed will of God is, God is available to us. The problem we have is doing it. See, that's the difference. It's, it's what we're praying for and asking for is, is being able to do the will of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will. He understands that, that what God wants us to do, most of us have a, a grip on, we just don't always want to do it. And, and so we're, we're really praying for the strength to do the will of God. When people will ask me, well, how do I know the will of God for my life? Uh, my, my response is generally this. You're going to know it as soon as I say it. It's really all about living by trying to do the next right thing. We say that here all the time, but that's how we sort of move into the will of God. We're just going to do the next right thing, and we're going to do the next right thing, and then we're in the will of God as we do the next right thing. If we mess up, we go back to God, we ask Him to forgive us, and, and then He sets us back on track, and we keep doing that in the process. Um, but this idea, the reality is that we're, we're doing it with spiritual understanding and wisdom. In uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, most of you will know this verse. Trust in the Lord, it says, with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. And most of you have heard that voice, and you like it. Trust in God, and He's going to take care of everything. That's kind of how we read it. But we, we forget that lean not on your own understanding part. And that's there on purpose, because that's the issue. Are we going to look at things with our own understanding in a very natural way? Or are we going to be listening to the Lord and yielding to the Holy Spirit and getting spiritual understanding and wisdom? Because that's what we need to really live this life out. If you remember, uh, I often talk with you about the Exodus and the, the Exodus theme in Scripture. And the Exodus is really about um, being delivered from slavery and bondage. And so we, we, we're going to talk about it in the Old Testament, but it continues in the New Testament. That's what Jesus did for us. He, he's our exodus. He delivers us from slavery and bondage to sin. Well, back in the Old Testament, when um, the people of Israel were in captivity to Egypt, God supernaturally moves. Uh, he raises up Moses, who goes and speaks with Pharaoh, and ultimately Pharaoh relents after a whole bunch of things happen and releases the people of Israel out of captivity and bondage, out of slavery. And they go through, and you know the story, and they go through the Red Sea, and they're on the other side. And then God does something that they don't understand. He takes them and leads them out into the wilderness. This is a huge group of people. 
Uh, and the wilderness doesn't have any way to provide for these kind of people. There's no resource out there in the wilderness. And, and God's going to take them out there because God wants these people to know that they can trust Him and that He's the one that provides for them. And so He leads them out into the wilderness and they're complaining and carrying on on this entire process, but He takes them out there. And one of the ways that He provides for them is manna. Most of you heard about manna in the Scripture, right? Manna is supposed to, it's supposed to taste really good. Um, so when you think about manna, think, think like angel food cake, not tofu, okay? So give yourself somewhere up there. You've got, you got this manna thing taking place. Well, he provides them manna, but he, he tells them now his will on how to deal with manna. He's going to tell them his will, uh, with, you know, and he says to them, listen, I'm going to provide this manna for you, and every day you're going to take just what you need for the day. On the sixth day, he said, I'll always give you double the amount so that you don't have to work on the seventh day you can rest. And that's what you do. Just take enough for the day. Well, they, they hear that. That's the will of God for them. And what do they do? Almost all of them go out and they collect manna, not just for the day. They, they get all sorts of extra manna because that makes more sense to them in their understanding. Well, it's here. Let's just get all that we need and all that we can take right now and we'll store it away so that we can just sort of be settled in that and we won't have to trust in God for tomorrow. We're just going to take care of it of ourselves. And so they gather all this manna and they're hiding it in their tents and in their clothing and everything and they, they think now we're good in their own understanding. We got it now. We're good. We got a little backup. Everything's cool. What happens is that overnight it goes sour. It goes bad. It stinks. It gets wormy and maggoty and it's horrible because... See, they, they don't take and do the will of God. They tried to do their own will in the process. And we have to understand, they have to understand that God is the one who will provide for them. Uh, because if we don't get the idea that we can trust God and that He provides for us, we'll never be able to live in this world where we're really loving God and loving others. We're, we're never going to be able to get out of the center of the story. Uh, we're going to get stuck in there trying to do it our way to take care of those things. But when we get that we can trust Him and that He loves us and that He's got us, then we can live in this world in a way that makes a difference, in a way where this is His story and we're just invited into it. And that's where we find life. So we, we need to sort of get that down deep in here. And then, third thing he talks about is bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. Colossians 1.10 So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way please Him in every way bearing fruit in every good work. And when you read, remember in these letters we keep seeing where he talks about living a life or walking a life that word live and, and walk are interchangeable that should really pop out at you. Paul's making points with that. He wants us to live a life in effect worthy um, uh, of the Lord. And so what happens is as we're yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives with, with getting His wisdom and His understanding, um, as we start to live that out, what we're doing then is we're, we're living in a manner that looks more like Jesus and that's worthy of the Lord. See, Paul wants the church to, to live like Jesus in the places where they are so that people not only hear the gospel, they can see the gospel and they can respond to it. So we're to live it out. We don't do this thing perfectly. We don't pretend like we got it all together. Um, we're all, this is a big group of broken people. You get that, right? Um, led by, you know, a broken staff. Um, we're, we're, we're just broken folks. But we love Jesus and we're, we're trying to press in to do that. And we do that together in the community and it starts to make a difference as people then see something that they're missing. You know, people are desperate to belong, right? People are looking for somewhere to belong. And, and if they don't have it, they're, 
and, and they belong in, in here. They're, they're, you know, we long for them to be a part of His church in the process. And He says we're to walk that way in order to bear fruit in every good work. Bear fruit. So the things that we do, Paul is implying there that there's, there's good works that don't bear fruit. There's some good things you can do, but they, they don't bear fruit. And what he wants us to do is do good things that actually bear fruit, the things that he would lead us into. And so we need to be aware of the difference of those things and not get sidetracked by doing good stuff, but maybe missing out on the God stuff that he really wants us to do. So we need to be aware of that. And then fourth, growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. That's the end of verse 10. And, and notice what it says there. It, it doesn't say growing in the knowledge about God. It says growing in the knowledge of God. Well, what's the difference? Well, the knowledge of God, it's about a relationship with Him. See, we're to be growing in relationship with Him. It's not just about putting a bunch of facts and data into our minds. It's about really nurturing this relationship that we have with God and how important that is in our lives. And we get again back to prayer and reading the Word and just making sure that we're carving out time for Him. Sometimes I think that, that we have this amazing relationship with God, the, the God the creator of the universe. Sometimes I'm driving along and I, I, I look at everything that He's made and then I think to myself, how amazing is it that God who made all of this wants to have relationship with me? And then sometimes I think, how sad is it that I'm just too busy sometimes? And how is that even possible that, that we miss that on this journey that God wants to hang out with us? And sometimes, well, I'm just too busy. You've got to make time to build and grow in that relationship because it makes a difference in everything that we do. And see, I have this thought that, that when we really are being the church in the world around us, and there's people everywhere who are looking for somewhere to belong and there's people that just aren't settled and there's this crazy world going on if we'll actually get out there and do this thing and be the church we'll be amazed at the impact that we have on people and that they'll be drawn into relationship with Jesus where we know life is and so all of these things are, are the ways that he wants to practically live this stuff out and, and I would say this just encourage you get back to point number one what's your, what's your prayer life like? And, and if you can tweak it some, you should. Spend some time hanging out with Him. Talk to Him. Listen for Him. See what He would have you do as we walk out this life together. Amen? Amen. Ministry team, those are here, why don't you head over to the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. And then we'll have lunch today together. And that'll be great. Papa, thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for this life that you give us, now and forever. Lord, help us to live this life in a way that not only changes us, but impacts the world around us for you. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached, and ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. 
If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let, let's take care of that today too. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It's, it's, just a, it's a matter of humility and faith. And humility is just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you what you do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it now. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. If you need help, just go over there and ask somebody. Say, I want to know Jesus. He'll know what you mean. He'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have lunch with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless everybody that makes it possible. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. Prayer is over there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go later on, be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Hope your team wins. Hope your driver wins. Hope you catch some fish. Ladies, don't forget to grab a flower on the way out. Happy Mother's Day. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.